Well, my, am very, I am very excited about this morning's message. If you've got your Bibles, turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 10. We're going to be in verse 12. Deuteronomy 10, verse 12. We're going to continue from basically, wow, what a crowd for 9 o'clock. Oh, my goodness. It's an extra hour sleep, somebody just said. Oh, hallelujah. We'll go to one service. We'll do it at 10. Yeah? That'd be great. Uh, Kind of want to pick up on what Ron was teaching last week and had a lot of people comment and a lot of questions that were asked to me during the week. And one of, one, one of the biggest things that he said, well, there was a lot of big things that he said because he covered a ton of ground. But, you know, to, 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 you know, to bring the kingdom, you need to quit, you know, you need to quit asking God so many details and just go bring the kingdom. And, uh, and, 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 that, and that, is a, that is a true statement. But, but you, you heard that statement from a guy who quoted Genesis, Daniel, John, Ezekiel, Isaiah, Jeremiah, without looking. He, he has already done the work, and he, he's got kingdom. The Bible tells us that the kingdom of heaven is within it's within you if you're a son. If you're a daughter of the king, the kingdom comes from within you. So, so what I wanted to kind of do this, this week is, is to help you understand that you have kingdom in you. And I want to get it out. <laughs> yeah? Anybody interested in getting it out? Well, we're going we're gonna to see God uh, talk to us. And what I'm going to try to get you to do Man, there's so much differentiation and uh, and teachings these days from the Old Testament and the New Testament, and I'm just one who who is just I'm pretty much anti that. You know, I know that I hope that doesn't make you mad, um, because I think the Old Testament is talking about the New Testament. I I, I think Jesus. I think Jesus was there. I, I think everybody that was there saw the cross. I think what happens is, and I don't think God got saved. I don't think his personality changed. I don't think his image or his likeness changed in the New Testament. I think he's the same God yesterday, today, and forevermore. I, I, just, I just think that the way we look at uh, the Scriptures is what needs to change. And so, and so we're going to see how God was saying the same thing in the Old Testament and in the New Testament when it comes to the kingdom. And he asked this question in verse 10. He says, what does the Lord your God require of you? Wouldn't you like to know the answer to that question? Well, what Moses does is he's giving a, he's giving a kind of a summary of everything that's going on. He said, this is, let me give you a summary. All right, you, you've heard a lot of information. Let me, give you, let me give you a summary of that. So what does the Lord require of you? And, and, I, and I love what's said. So let's read it. Uh, he's talking to the church. When you see Israel, you, have to, you can just put in the church. 
the, the people of God, the chosen race. And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you? And then he gives uh, some requirements. But to fear, can you say fear? But to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways. Can you say walk? And to love him. Can you say love? And to serve the Lord your God. Can you say serve? With all your heart and with all your soul. And to keep the commandments. Can you say keep? To keep the commandments of the Lord and his statutes which I commend you today for your good. Indeed, heaven and, and the highest heavens belong to the Lord your God. Also, the earth with all that's in it, He's sovereign. The Lord delighted only in your fathers to love them, and He chose their descendants after them, you above all peoples, as it is this day. Therefore, circumcise the foreskin of your heart and be stiff-necked no longer. For the Lord your God is God of gods and Lord of lords and and the great God, mighty and awesome, who shows no partiality nor takes a bribe. And so we see this, this command to, to fear, to walk, to love, and to serve the Lord. So what's required? What is, what is the requirement? The requirement is to fear the Lord. And so, and so you and I must fear the Lord. The requirement is to walk in His ways. We, we must walk in His ways. We need to love Him with all our heart and all our soul. Jesus said it this way, <laughs> New Testament. What's the greatest commandment? That you love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength. And you love people. You, 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 you do His image and His likeness because that's who He is. He loves people. And, and all the rest of the commandments, they, they hang on this idea of, of loving him with all your heart and soul. And so then, when you love him, you serve him with all your heart and soul. Now, you've got to understand that the soul's recommended up, uh, 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 made up of your mind, your will, and your emotions. And so you've got to love him with your mind the way you think. You've got to agree with him, his ways, his likeness. You've got to love him with the way you feel. You got to love him with what you do, your will, with, with how, how you do it. And, and, and he just tags on to that and he says, You got to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul. And you got to keep the commandments. Now, we're going we're gonna to see as we go through this, we're going to take each one of these little things. We're going to talk about each one just a little bit. So we, we want to meet God's requirements. But if, if we have to come to this understanding that, that when we do what he says here, kingdom comes. You can't not get kingdom to come if you do these five things. Because when you do these five things, what's going to happen is you're going to represent his likeness and his image. You're going to love him. You're going, to, you're going to see how all that comes together. The important thing is I want you to ask yourself this morning, do I do these things? Because if we're going to walk in kingdom, we, we have to understand that we've got to fear the Lord. We have to understand that we've got to serve him and, and walk in his ways and keep his commandments. We've got to understand that we've got to love him with all our heart. 
And then he says to us that, therefore, circumcise the foreskin of your heart and be stiff-necked no longer. You have to understand that this is, Lord saying, take the boundary off your heart. Take the thing that's keeping this from happening in your life and actually allow your heart to receive. Now, what I want you to understand is, is that God doesn't say, I'm going to circumcise your heart. I'm, he doesn't say, I'm going to remove the boundary. He says, you remove the boundary. You remove the boundary. And, and don't be hard-headed any longer. And, and, and I'm going, oh, my goodness. So, so what does this mean? I talked about this not many weeks ago, but I just feel like it's incredibly important that we understand that our hard-headedness uh, requires us and our following God and our fearing the Lord and serving Him and loving Him, keeping His commandments and walking with Him requires us our life. The cost of that is your life. You, you can't love yourself and love God. You can't love things and love God the way He requires you. It costs you your life. You have to lay down your life. It costs you your heart. You've got to give your heart to the things of the kingdom. You've got to say, I value that most. And so how are we stiff-necked? How are we, you and me, hard-headed? Well, I think the number one way we're hard-headed is, is that when we think about that the kingdom of heaven is in us, and if I respond to God the way he wants me to, then my image and my likeness is going to go with me, and that way his image and his likeness goes with me. And so wherever I go, the kingdom goes because I'm responding like God, right? So if I know that, if I know that, how am I stiff-necked? Well, I'm stiff-necked when I understand or refuse to understand the kingdom, number one, when you refuse to understand what it looks like or, or, or any of those things. But the biggest thing I think is, is when, when we're so used to a culture that is not kingdom that we revert back to our old way. I, I think when we represent a dysfunctional family life, to the world more than we represent kingdom, we're being stiff-necked. Does that make sense? This is the way I am. This is the way my mom and daddy was. You know, this is all I've ever known. This is all I've ever seen. This is, you know, this, this way of thinking, this poverty mentality, this anxiety atmosphere, this, this worrisome lifestyle, you, this, this financial poverty mentality, this inability to, to walk in blessing, this idea that, that, I, that I can't take success because I've always been in the lower class. I've really never been middle class, and I certainly hadn't been upper class. And so I'm not comfortable in that, or I can't, I'm fearful of success. And so I revert back to these self-destructive ways that don't look like kingdom. That's how we're stiff-necked. We're stiff-necked when we, we, we don't want to walk in the fullness and the victory of God in every area of our life because we know that kingdom brings victory. 
We know that kingdom brings blessing. We know that kingdom brings prosperity. You know, there, <laughs> and I used to be one that used to just kind of give prosperity gospel a kind of a hard time. But I'm telling you, you can't find anywhere in Scripture where you talk about the blessing of God where prosperity is not. And what does that look like? Well, it looks different for everybody. But it's still there. You, you're going to prosper. Even when they were in the wilderness. Now listen to me. These people were in the wilderness and they were complaining and, and they're just coming out. And God says about them, he says, in the wilderness you were blessed. You know, we always say, I'm in a spiritual wilderness. Oh, I'm in a spiritual wilderness and I don't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> and God says, in the wilderness, you were blessed, and you lacked nothing. And he was mad that they had that attitude toward him. Because he says, listen, in the wilderness, I provided everything you needed, just like I promised. I gave you everything you needed. Did you have abundance? Not yet. But I was getting you in a place where you'd actually listen to me. And, and, so, and so we come to a place where we understand that we we got to move out of the subculture that we, were, we grew up in, and we've got to move into the culture of the kingdom. Yeah. Now, what, what does that look like? Well, for you and me, uh, we get the story from Nicodemus, and then the church, the church focused on the idea of being born again versus entering into the kingdom, which we were talked about last week. And so, and so Nicodemus says, what must I do to enter the kingdom? And Jesus says, you got to be born again. From what? From the subculture that you've always lived in into the culture of the kingdom. you got to be born again. And you don't do that by changing the way you think. You do that by your spirit. Your spirit comes into alignment. It's, it's born again. It moves into a place of agreement with God, that you come into agreement with God. So, so when we start thinking about these things, we have to think that it's going to cost us our life, and, and it's going to cost us the subculture that we've always known. You've got to get rid of the way you've always thought, what you've always done. You've got to get rid of this knee-jerk response that you have toward life or toward trouble or toward circumstances and start responding with kingdom. How? Because you're filled with the Holy Spirit, because you understand that His grace is sufficient, that you understand that He can show you His image, and you have now the power to respond rightly. Grace. Great grace. Great grace. And so, and so we have to we have to understand that it's going to cost us our life. It's going to cost us our heart. I was in a meeting with a, with a group of pastors this week on Monday, and it was, a, it was a cool meeting because it was Presbyterians and Baptists and Charismatics and Hypercharismatics and, and then Eastside Jumpers. I don't know what we are. It's funny because the Frozen Chosen called themselves the Frozen Chosen. It's kind of funny. It was interesting. It was great. But there was a pastor there, and he said this. When it comes to dying and it costing your life, you know, we oftentimes, we say, you know, 
with the scripture, we say, you, you got to take up your cross and you got to follow me, Jesus said, right? He said, that's been preached wrong for years. It's not this self-crucifixion thing. He says, Jesus didn't crucify himself. He didn't nail his hand and then nail his other hand because he didn't cut. <laughs> you can't crucify yourself, right? He's saying that you, you, you start looking like the image of God. You start becoming like his likeness to such a great degree that people hate you and want to kill you. Take up your cross and follow him. Be like Jesus. Do like him. The church for so long has tried to look like the world so that it doesn't offend the world when the whole scripture says you need to, you need to be offensive. Matter of fact, in the Beatitudes, there's two things that it says, and it's talking about the fear of the Lord. It says, it says, it says the humble, the humble, the poor in spirit, which means humble, shall inherit the kingdom. And then it ends with those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, they will inherit the kingdom. And so these two bookends are inheriting the kingdom. It is, it is the two ideas that we must represent as the church to actually move the kingdom forward. We've got to be humble. We've got to fear the Lord. Well, what does the fear of the Lord with? Well, we try to make that sound pretty. But the word in the Hebrew and the Greek means to be frightened. It means to honor as well. But, but God says it this way, and he says it here in Deuteronomy. He says, listen. He said, listen. Be careful. Be careful. Fear the Lord. And be careful that, that when you move over into this, to this prosperity, when you move over into the promises I have for you, you need to make sure that you remember that this ain't you doing it. Because what's going to happen is when you get your new house, when you get your car, when you get your new car, when, when, when you, you, know, you have extra and your savings account starts growing, you know, when you're able to send your kids to college, or when, you, or when you get a nice piece of furniture, or when you remodel your kitchen, or when you do any of that, you're going to think you did it. I just got a brother that just came back from the Bahamas, and he said to me this morning, he said, how quickly it can all be gone. And he says, fear the Lord. Know that the Lord is the one who does it all. Humble yourself before God, and the kingdom of heaven will be yours. Understand that it's him and him alone who brings victory to your life. Without him, you can do. First thing you got to do is fear the Lord. Fear the Lord. Second thing you got to do is walk in his ways. 
his image. Ron talked about his likeness. You go, do what he does. What would Jesus do? It's a great deal. It's a great thought. But you can't do it without the Holy Spirit. You can't do it without being baptized in the Holy Spirit. It's impossible to follow God like God without the fullness of the Holy Spirit because it's the Spirit of God, the grace of God, His ability to do more than you can do on your own that actually gives you the ability to walk in His ways. Otherwise, you can't do it. That's the difference between the law and the cross. The cross propelled you into a place where you're redeemed, your, no, your sins are no longer held against you, but most of all, it put us in a place where the promise could come, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, where abundance could come, that sin no longer held us captive, we were propelled from darkness into light, we were conveyed into a place where we can have victory over everything. We can resist the devil and he will flee because we're drawing near to God. That's, that's, the, that's the truth. And here, here, here's, a, here's a side note. The word of God is not a light to the world. The word of God is a light to the church. And the church is a light to the world. You are to be the image of what's in here because that's all they're going to see. They don't know the Word. They don't even have the ability to understand it. The only way you have the ability to understand the Word of God is to have the Spirit of God. And the Spirit of God is the thing that seals us into sonship and daughtership. And so you have the light of the Word and you are the light of the world. Walk in his ways. <laughs> Let me backtrack just a minute. Y'all mind? I want to read something. I just think it's great. Concerning the fear of the Lord, Oswald Chambers says this. The remarkable thing about God is that when we fear God, you fear nothing else. Whereas if you do not fear God, you fear everything else. Isn't that good? So we walk in his ways and we gotta love him. You gotta love God. I just want to challenge you on your loving God part. You know, the, the Bible says that that his words are not a burden. <laughs> It is not burdensome. It is freedom. And you love him so much that you know that, that, that it, as, as you get it in you and as you do it, God says, God says to Joshua, he said, make sure you get it in you. You know, you're, you're, as you're walking along, as you're walking along, you're, you're just quoting it to yourself. You're saying, oh, man, the Lord says, the Lord says he, he was free, free indeed. Thank you for that, God. You know, you, 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 say, you say with me, God, every spiritual blessing in heavenly places, God, this has been on my mind all morning, Michael, every spiritual blessing in heavenly places is mine. Everything he's got for me is mine. I, I just got to get in a place before him where I allow the flow to go. 
I heard it this morning from Stephen. I got to open the sluice gate of heaven and let heaven come down on me. I've got to love him because I know not because of a burden or, or because of a duty. I got to love him enough to know that I want to be like him. I want to I wanna be his image. His image is good. It's not anything I'm having. I don't have to give up myself. I actually get to learn who I was created to be. James chapter 2, verse 5, I love this. Says, Listen, beloved brothers. Has not God chosen those who are poor in the world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom, which he has promised to those who? Who's it promised to? Do you love the Lord? Do you love the Lord with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, all your strength. Now, I'm not saying that there is now no condemnation in Christ Jesus. There's none. He's not condemning you. He's just asking you a question. Peter, Liz, Mike, Andrew, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? He wants to redeem your inability to love him. But he wants you to understand what love really is. There's no greater love than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. The kingdom is promised to those who love God. Matthew chapter 6, verse 21 says this, Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. Where your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will go. My wife says this all the time. If you, if you pursue God, he'll give you the desires of your heart. She always says, you know, you don't even know what your desires are. Your, your desires are perverted until you get God's desires for you. And then when you discover who you were really created to be, you go, oh. That's my heart desire. It just comes alive in you. Oh, I've been struggling to try to figure out what my heart's desire was. There it is. And then God says, oh, you discovered my love for you and my desire for you. What I've written in your book, you discovered it. Now watch me do it. Watch me do it. My grace will do that in you. You've got to love the Lord your God with all your heart. And all your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions, and all your strength. Do you really love God? Do you love him enough to die for him? To give up your right to be right or to give up the culture that you think is normal or, or that you can't get rid of? I've got, these, I've got these idiosyncrasies that I just can't get rid of. I know they don't look like kingdom, but I... Man, they've been around for generations. And God says he came to set the captive free. He wants to set you free from that mess and represent kingdom. Matthew, uh, let, me, let me read the second part of that. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. <laughs> what are you going to do first? The kingdom. You've got to seek who he is. You've got to seek his likeness. You've got to seek his ways. 
You've got to make sure you do the commandments. These aren't the commandments of the New Testament. There's only one new commandment in the New Testament. He says this, I give you a new commandment. Well, it's really not a new commandment. It's been there the whole time, but you didn't do it. And so since you didn't do it, I'm going to act like it's new. So maybe this time you'll actually do it. That is to love your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and love people. Love your brother. Love the church. (laughs) That's not a new commandment. He's talking about aligning with who he is. Which of the Ten Commandments do we want to throw out? We only want to throw out the Sabbath. The rest of them are good. We don't like the Sabbath. It makes us stay home and rest. I ain't got time to rest. So let's just kick that out because it's Old Testament. There's nothing about the commandments that aren't good. Anyway, that's a whole nother sermon. Somebody say hallelujah. Matthew 13, verse 44 and 46 says, The kingdom of heaven is like this. You, you, you think I'm just making this, you got to die to yourself first? The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that a man, disco- a man discovered hidden in a field. In his excitement, he hid it again and sold everything he owned to get enough money to buy the field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant on the lookout for choice pearls. When he discovered a pearl of great value, he sold, say, everything he owned and he bought it. It cost you everything. You've got to count the cost, Jesus said, of what it really means to follow him, of what it really means to advance the kingdom. And the truth of the matter is, You can't advance the kingdom by just going and doing whatever you want. You have authority. God has given you authority. There's no doubt that he took away the keys and gave you authority. But how you have authority is that your kingdom wins. And when you have the great grace of God that is transforming your likeness in your image, when you enter into a situation, that transformation changes the atmosphere. It just, it just does because his kingdom has no end. He is God of gods, Lord of lords. We've got to serve him with our whole heart, our soul, our mind, our will, and our emotions. If it's not done in heaven, what's holiness? What's holiness? And we make this such a, you know, let's, <laughs> holiness. Holiness means if it's not done in heaven, don't do it here. If you don't think that movie's going to be played in heaven, if you don't think that word is going to be used in heaven, if you don't think that political party is going to be in heaven, 
that attitude, that culture that you're creating, that you're holding on to, that you refuse to be changed from, is it going to be in heaven? We've got to serve the Lord with all our heart. Matthew 7, 20 and 23 says, Therefore, you will fully know them by their fruits. Say that with me. Therefore, you will fully know them by their fruits. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name and driven out demons in your name and done many mighty works in your name? And then I will say to them openly, publicly, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who act wickedly, disregarding my Old Testament commandments. New Testament as well. <laughs> this is going to mess some people up right here. Praying for people, they get slayed in the spirit. People get healed. All kind of things happen to people when we pray for them. Demons come out. Might even happen during the worship service. And we say, oh, that preacher's got an anointing. Oh, he's got an anointing. Oh, did you see that person? They got healed. Did you see that demon come out when that preacher laid hands on them? It don't even take a relationship with God to do that. Jesus did that work at the cross. It will not return void. It don't even matter whether you're a believer. To get the cross to operate, he says, they cast out demons. They heal the sick. I never knew you. How do you know they know him? Well, you, you, you walk in the image of God. You're, you become transformed to his likeness. That's the anointing. And then great grace is upon you. You heal. You do what's done. You, you operate in the spiritual gifts. You, you, you manifest the fruit of the Spirit. But it is those things that identify the anointing that you look like Jesus, that you're act like you do you serve the king you do what he commands you keep his commandments john chapter second uh, john chapter 6 says this and this is love chapter 6 verse 6 now there ain't no six chapters in second john so it's second john chapter uh, verse 6 and this is love that we walk according to his set set with me I just want y'all to say it with me. Walk according to. In the New Testament. This is the commandment. Just as you've heard from the beginning. Walk in it. Walk in it. So, so what's, the, what's the call today? How do we respond to this as a church? First of all, I want you to know that, that these messages, no matter whether it's Stephen or Brandon or me or, or Robert or, 
or, or whoever it might be that's bringing us. We, 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 we ask that the Lord would help us move a church. This is, these aren't empty messages. And so do we do what the Lord is saying do? <clears throat> I just want to challenge you real quick, and then I'm going to get onto this call. The three weeks ago, I preached about writing names down on a list. You know, your, your family, your friends, your, your, your high school, college buddies, people at work. Be- believing that, that your prayer, because you're a son or God, actually can avail of much. The, that the fervent prayer of a righteous man or woman, those that are in relationship with God, actually can bring kingdom in the lives of people. And whether we really believe that, how, how do I know whether you really believe that? You've got your list. You've got your list. You're actually believing that God called this church to begin to do something that could actually bring kingdom to somebody. And that your prayer is actually going to make a difference. You actually believe that if you ask God for something, His answer is yes. If it agrees with His image and His likeness. If it agrees with His image and His likeness and His word, will He agree with that and do it? He says so. He says He'll move. He's always moving, Michael, whether we see it or not. Do you really believe that you can move the hand of God? What tells me whether you believe and whether you love the kingdom or not? Do you have a list? Are you praying? Do you believe God? And that's not condemnation either. It's just reality. We got to check our hearts and say, where's my love life at? Where's my love for God? Where's my faith? Where's my belief? Do I believe that I can make a difference? Can I bring kingdom? Not without dying to myself and taking up my cross and following him. Do you look more like the culture that you grew up in and was influenced by, or do you look more like the kingdom? Do you manifest kingdom by knowing Christ and responding to his image? Are you committed to loving God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength? Do you understand that his word is not burdensome? It's not a duty. You don't have to do it out of obedience necessarily to the kingdom principles. You, you really want to do it out of love, and that love brings obedience. But you want to love God so much that you, you want to know him. You know, his, his command to the person that was doing the work of God was, you, I never knew you. I never had intimacy with you. You don't know my likeness. You're not, you're not representing my image. You're not, you're not pursuing that. Are we pursuing that? Within just a few weeks on December the 8th, we're going to do baptisms. And a baptism, Jesus was baptized because, because he understood that, that, that li- he was lining up with the kingdom. John was baptizing and proclaiming that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Baptizing uh, the baptism of repentance. And Jesus said, well, then let me line up with kingdom. Let me be baptized. Do, do you need to be baptized? Maybe you got baptized as a kid, but since you've grown up, you really hadn't been aligned with kingdom. You need to be baptized and say, I want to align with kingdom. I want to, I want to align with kingdom. 
I, I, I've, got to, I've got to change my mindset. I've got to quit being defeated. I've got to quit reverting back to what I grew up as as a kid. I've got to understand that there's a difference, that, that, that my parents might have loved the Lord. I might have grown up in a Christian home, and there were parts of them that manifested the kingdom that did well. I want to, I want to keep those attributes. I want to bless my parents. I want to honor them in that. But I also want to recognize the fact that there's tremendous dysfunction in every family we've got. Praise the Lord. Lord for Brittany, Brittany Matthews and Nathan Barefoot, but there is tremendous dysfunction in them kids because of their parents, especially their daddy. Right? Would you agree? And we got to continue. This preacher needs to continue to get kingdom. Right? Be transformed into the image of God. And so, no matter where you're at, you can be baptized of fresh in you. I want a fresh start. Maybe you were, as a baby, you were, you were, in your tradition, you were baptized, but you've never been baptized since you made a profession of faith. Maybe you need to be baptized. It's a great place to start. Another place is just to commit to the Word, man. We're saying it, and we're saying it, we're saying it, because there's such a need to be able to discern what's really being preached out there, whether it's true or whether it's not. There's never been a day that you need to know the Word so you'll know what you're hearing on the radio, whether you're hearing on a podcast or whatever you're doing, you, that you don't let that stuff sway you to a place that's not written with the attitude and the content of what Scripture says. And so you say today, Lord, I want to get in your Word. I don't want to depend on no preacher. I want to go home. I want to check what the preacher says. I want to make sure that that thing right there adds up with the, with the truth of the Word of God. Amen. And I want to stand on that because if I build my life on that, it's going to be firm. When the storm comes, when the wind comes, I'm going to stand because my foundation has been built on the Word of God, not on somebody else's relationship with God. God's calling us to a place that we love Him that we fear him, that we're committed to keep his ways, his commandments, that we serve him with our whole heart. We love him with everything within us. And he says, if you love me with your mind, will, and emotions, you're going to prosper the same way your soul prospers. Father, in the name of Jesus. Christine, can you come play? Father, in the name of Jesus. We come to you this morning, and we recognize, God, that this is not a game. This is not a thing we do. It's not a checkbox we have, God. It's, it's not heavy. It's not burdensome. And somebody tell me this morning, they, 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 they quit smoking. They've they, 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 they broken free. <laughs> And that's what I, that's what I said. Oh, you broke free. She said, yeah, I broke free. What culture, what thing, what attitude, what thought process, what way of doing do you need to be broken free from?
Father, we want to love you. Father, we want to fear you. We don't ever want to thank God that anything good that happens in our lives, we did. We don't want to take credit for something you do. Father, that mindset is rampant in this place. There's no doubt. It's, it's, it's right here. It's in my heart. I know it is. I know it's in yours as well, God. Lord, we repent right now in the name of Jesus for any thought, God, that would say, I did this thing. God, it's by your hand. Lord, I humble myself before you. I, God, I, I say to you right now, blessed are the, are the poor in spirit, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Father, I recognize your goodness and your greatness toward me. And I know, God, that it's as quick as it came or whatever, wherever I am, God, that it could be gone. You know, this great nation, God, as strong as it is, it can be gone as we know it, God. If the church doesn't rise up, it could be gone. So, Father, we know it's by you, so we fear you, God. We love you, Lord, with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. God, we want to serve you. We want to commit to the kingdom way, God. And we want to keep your commandments. God, I pray that we don't make excuses for you. We don't redefine what goodness looks like, God. We don't, have to, we don't have to apologize for you. Because you're good, God. You're so righteous, you send people to hell. Father, your righteousness will not allow a sinner who hasn't received payment or hasn't been ransomed to come into eternity with you. That's righteousness. So, Father, I thank you that you are the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. It's your loving kindness, it's your goodness that draws us to repentance, to, to move from a culture of dysfunction to a culture of the kingdom. In every way, God, may we align ourselves with you from this day forward. God, give you permission to show us what's good and what's not. Can you say that to the Lord? Lord, I give you permission. Lord, I give you permission. By your Spirit, give me revelation, God. I need revelation, God, of your goodness. I thank you for that, Jesus. You say, God, in your word, draw near to me, and I'll draw near to you. I thank you for that, God. We open the sluice gate. Pour out on us, God. And may we do kingdom. Jesus' name. Amen.